So here's the thing. Today's episode is a reckoning. And every so often I have to reckon with something that's happening in the news that may not be directly related to my work as a communication coach, but I think is super relevant in the culture. And today I want to reckon with Facebook. Today I want to tell you the truth of something I'm personally grappling with and wrestling with when it comes to Facebook. And if you're listening to this and you're like, really, how lame are you? Like, who cares? I don't even have Facebook. I don't care about Facebook. If you're thinking that, I totally get it. This is not the episode for you. You should hit pause and go do something else with your time because it's not a good use of your time. But if you're listening and you're one of the 69% of US adults who uses Facebook, you might want to hear me out on this because here's what I have to say. And I'm real scared to say it out loud, it turns out, which could be a topic in and of itself, but I'm deleting my Facebook account. Let me explain. I have loved Facebook. If you're friends with me on that platform, you know how many years I spent actively participating, contributing, connecting, posting content, posting pictures, posting funny stories, posting news articles, posting fake news articles sometimes without even realizing I was doing it. And some of you pointed it out to me. Like I I have been in a deep relationship with that technology for years and I've loved it. I really have. I have loved it. I have loved connecting with my family in Maine. I have loved staying in touch with friends from high school, staying connected with audience people that I meet on the road that then stay in my orbit. It's been awesome. But during the last election cycle, when the Cambridge Analytica story broke and we realized just how fast and loose Facebook was playing with our privacy and how our psychographic profile became the perfect way for an external entity called Russia to influence our elections, I started to feel really, really uneasy. And I didn't leave because I thought, you know what, I actually you know, Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, those are my people. I'm a, Sil- I'm a Valley girl. I'm a Silicon Valley person. They will figure this out and they will fix it. And I really believed that. And I waited and I waited. And maybe some of the privacy issues have been addressed, but that's not why I'm deleting Facebook, you guys. Honestly, why I'm deleting Facebook is because of the testimony I saw from Mark Zuckerberg this week in D.C., specifically the issue of truth in advertising. You know, Facebook is a lot of things. It's an ecosystem. It's a connection point. But it's also a form of mass media in a way, right? And all mass media in this country, if you think about it, radio, television, print, there are certain rules that have to be adhered to, right? We have consumer protection policies in place called truth in advertising law, right? In fact, I looked it up. So from the FTC, the definition of truth in advertising is when consumers see or hear an advertisement, whether it's on the internet, radio, or television, or anywhere else, federal law says that ad must be truthful, not misleading, and when appropriate, backed by scientific evidence. So what I saw in D.C., and Jesus, God, these congressional hearings are theater. I mean, half the people grilling Mark Zuckerberg didn't even know what the fuck they were talking about. They had no idea what they were talking about. But one exchange was very poignant, and that was between AOC and Zuckerberg. 
And she asked him point blank, you know, I heard that you guys aren't really policing or enforcing any kind of truth in advertising policies on your ads. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a politician. I want to know how far I can push this. Can I target ads at black voters based on zip code and lie about when the election date is? And Mark Zuckerberg was like, well, no, we would probably catch that because it's causing imminent harm. We'd probably fix that. And she's like, okay, okay. So there are edges to this thing. You are willing to police it a little bit. There are circumstances in which you will say you can't advertise. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, well, what about this, Mark Zuckerberg? Can I, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, can I target Republicans with an ad that says, hey, you know, you voted for the Green Deal? Can I do that? Which is kind of a weird question, but fair enough. She's trying to figure out how much lying can I get away with on Facebook. And you guys, Mark Zuckerberg did not have an answer. He talked a lot. He did a lot of talking. There was some word salads that happened, but there is no answer. And that, my friends, is a massive, massive problem. Because if you run the numbers, if 69% of American adults are on Facebook, and if the U.S. population is 329 million, that means, you know, like 227 million Americans are on Facebook. And of those 227 million Americans, 43% of us use it for news. We stay current. We get our latest information from this platform. 43% of 227 million people is almost 98 million voters, okay? And if we are getting our information about reality (laughs) from a platform that doesn't adhere to truth in advertising, that puts Breitbart News into the same pool of legit news sources as the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, what we have, friends, is a massive problem. What we have, I think, is a threat to democracy. And I think democracy is far more fragile than we realize. And it is just weak enough to be toppled by propaganda. Really, really good, artful, powerful propaganda will fuck up a democracy faster than anything else, in my opinion. And just parenthetically here for a second, I know that I'm conflating news and editorial with advertising in this context. Because that's how it feels like. I do think those two things are mixed up and confused and tangled at Facebook. I don't, you know, in regular real life world, there's such a distinction between editorial content and paid advertising. But in this case, I don't think there's any kind of distinction. I don't think there's any kind of regulation. I don't think there's any kind of integrity separating the two or different rules governing the two. I think it's a great big Wild West mess. And maybe I'm wrong about that. And look, I know this is just one woman with a microphone spatting an opinion, but I want you to hear it because I think we have to get real about how fragile this democracy is. And I don't think Facebook knows how to solve this problem. I have to believe that these are good people and it's just a really tough problem to solve. But I will not participate in a platform that has the potential to do that much damage to 98 million voters in this country, certainly not in an election cycle. Do you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's interesting when I was talking to my mom about this, (laughs) talking to my mom is hilarious because she knows nothing about technology, but she's got opinions like crazy. But I was like, mom, I'm, I'm getting out of Facebook. 
And her position was very similar to my husband's position, which is like, you dummies, like you dummies that give away, you basically give away your power to this monolith that serves you up reality. And you're surprised that they're making money off of messing with your version of the news. Like, duh, you dummies. And I was sitting at lunch and I was feeling really defensive. Like, I'm smart. I know what's fake news. No, I don't. I've shared news that wasn't real. It was literally false. And my friends on Facebook were like, honey, I love you, but you just shared something that wasn't true. Here's what I want to say, you guys. We are now in an era where I think the most precious two commodities are one, our time. And I'm not even going to go down that path because you know how I feel about it if you listen to this podcast. And two, how clearly can we perceive the world around us? How much meaning can we make of what's going on in the world? And we're now entering a world where companies, for-profit enterprises, are in a business that profits from shaping our version of reality, right? If my algorithm has gotten so smart on Facebook because I use it so much and I'm talking so much and I'm sharing all of my thoughts so much, and that algorithm decides, you know what, Bronwyn clicks more when her friends that are the same political leaning as her, when all the liberals, you know, get all agitated and outraged together, that's when Bronwyn clicks the most. So you know what, let's make sure that the only shit we serve to Bronwyn is good liberal messaging. And let's get this queen so lathered up and so anti-Republican and so frothed that she just goes right down a sales funnel or an idea funnel that we have built for an advertiser. That's a problem because guess who's real susceptible to that? Moi. C'est moi. I am the susceptible one. We've got to be able to understand each other, right? Like if all I think is in a little bubble of liberal theory, and I don't even know how to hold on a conversation with a Republican that's got a different theory from me, how the hell are we going to govern ourselves, right? If we're just a generation of outraged Republicans and outraged Democrats who hate each other and who have othered each other, there's never going to be a circumstance in which we can reach across the aisle and get anything done. And that becomes a really dangerous downward spiral. It's dangerous, you guys. And we've got to pull our heads out of this virtual reality that is constructed to make money. And listen, I don't blame them. If you are a publicly traded company and every metric you have been given to beat and meet and surpass is a growth metric. Growth metrics are designed to push companies to grow no matter what. I don't blame them. They're doing what they do. Do I think they should be broken up? Absolutely. But that's a conversation for a different time. Here's what. We can't expect a commercial enterprise that is only being judged by its ability to grow. We can't expect that commercial enterprise to give one shit about whether or not that growth costs us politically, socially, culturally, spiritually, existentially. That's not their job. It's our job. It's my job to police and control and monitor what I allow to shape my reality. And you guys, this is just Facebook. In 15 years, it'll be a virtual reality, much more detailed and amazing and crazy. And our ability to pull ourselves out of that invented false reality is crucial. 
it's just crucial. It reminds me of many, many years ago when I was working with Stanford, I got the chance to work with one of their eminent virtual reality thinkers, professors. He's just amazing. And he allowed me to walk into his lab and try on virtual reality. And it was such a trip. Like I put on the headset and da 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 da. And it was a it was just a blank room, but he put the headset on the, you know, the glasses on me. And suddenly I wasn't in a, a plain room anymore. I was standing on a beam that was about just the width of my feet over a massive ravine with a huge drop and roaring rapids under my feet. And my brain was like, oh shit, there's like a 500 foot drop under me. And he spoke to me through my headset and he's like, okay, Bronwyn, walk across the beam. And it was like, I don't know, 15 steps I had to take. And my brain started to panic because it looked like I was going to die. It looked like I had to walk the plank over these raging rapids underneath me. And in my mind, I thought, wow, this is a new cognitive skill. My brain now has to learn whether or not what I'm seeing is trustworthy. This is new. (laughs) Hey, brain, new skill coming at you. And I took a deep breath in and out, and I had this little conversation with myself. And I said, this is an important new skill you're acquiring. You're having to sort out when to trust your five senses and when not to, because all of your senses are telling you you're in danger. And I breathed, I smiled, I laughed at the absurdity of it, and I walked across fast. And I got to the other side, and he said to me, he's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Usually people really take time. They eventually get across, but it takes a lot longer because they're wrestling with their mind. And of course, my ego was like, oh, thank you. I'm so advanced. I'm so advanced. But it reminded me, when I was thinking about deleting Facebook, this is that same moment We are in an era in human civilization and development where we need to build that cognitive skill, the ability to say, brain, do we trust our five senses? Do we trust our news sources? Do we trust the algorithms? Do we trust our habits and habitual patterns of electronics use? And so to me, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. It's about taking control of my version of reality and taking responsibility for what informs my version of reality. So right now, what that means is I'm deleting Facebook. If they get it fixed and they figure out a way to make it not the perfect propaganda machine, I'll be back. I will. I'm not deleting my Instagram account. That platform doesn't seem to have the same capacity for literally warping the way we see political landscapes, the way we see each other. But the minute Instagram does become that, I'll have to delete that too. But for now, it doesn't. It feels more like it feels more like when I like dip into Vogue magazine. Like I'll just get lost in Vogue magazine and just enjoy myself. And it's so beautiful and all the clothes and everybody's gorgeous. But when I put Vogue magazine down, I know I'm not in Vogue magazine anymore. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a Tuesday and I'm still in my yoga clothes. It's easy to disconnect from that. It's just a beautiful environment that I like to sniff around in every so often. Facebook's different in that I walk away from it agitated, outraged, upset, furious, or whatever the case may be, and it follows me. That mood follows me. So guys, what does this mean? This means that my main form of communicating with you guys, as always, is this podcast My show notes, aka my newsletter, which you can sign up for at BronwynCommunications.com and Instagram at BronwynSF, like San Francisco, 
That's my handle on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just Google me. I mean, just <laughs> Google me. Just search for me on LinkedIn. You'll find me, Bronwyn, Sully and Benny. It looks like Sagal and Benny, but it's silent G. So that's how you find me. I don't mean to be overly dramatic about this, you guys. I really don't. I just want to be honest. I want you to know what's going on with me. And if you're feeling this way too, pursue that intuition, pursue that intuitive hit, uncover it, work with it a little bit. Because our future, in my opinion, is going to be defined by our ability to figure out what's real and what's fake. And Facebook is ground zero, guys. So if you're interested in joining me, find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and my show notes. And if you stay on Facebook, that's okay too. I still love you. Just be conscious. Just be awake. Consider turning off the news feed function if that's even possible. And know that I'm super interested in your feedback. So that's my thoughts for this week. That was my reckoning. And I'll let you know how it goes. I actually feel really afraid that there's going to be some sort of backlash. Isn't that weird? I feel worried that I don't even know what I'm worried about. I really don't. But I feel like this is a moment where I am leaving the tribe. I'm sticking my head out and I'm walking away from the tribe. And that's always a scary feeling. So I could also use some encouragement and some girls if you've got it in you too. <laughs> so send it my way. And shine on you crazy diamonds. Thanks as always for being here with me. Have a good one.